With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly, welcome you back to the show this week. And guys, it's not been going all that great this evening. Again, more equipment problems delaying me yesterday and today, and it's getting a little bit frustrating. I'm starting to pull out what little hair I have left, but let's just go and give it a go. Lots of news to get get through this week, so let's just jump right into it. No small talk. Let's just get right down to business. And one of the big pieces of news uh, this week is that Red Bull has decided to keep Alexander Albon for 2020, and they're also going to be keeping uh, both the Toro Rosa drivers Pierre Gasly and Danny Kvyat uh, in whatever they're going to be called uh, Alpha Tauri or whatever it is next year I forget what the name is anyways um, I think it's a, a good news that uh, that uh, they're going to keep uh, Albon at Red Bull for next year I think he's done a very good job after replacing that uh, Pierre Gasly halfway through the the season Gasly struggled right out of the gate uh, in, in winter t- testing never really found a groove in the, uh, the the season itself and Alex has to say quote I'm really excited to be partnering again for next year and I know how fortunate I am to be given this opportunity I'm hugely thankful that Red Bull have put their trust in me and I believed in my results since I joined the team and for them to keep me in the car next year is a big deal this has been an incredible year for me and getting the call up to Red Bull mid-season was already a big step so now I'll use all the learnings from the season and use the experience to improve the fight at the front in 2020 so he did have a, a couple of crashes uh, since he's joined uh, Gas- uh, Red Bull just like uh, Gasly but um, Gasly he just couldn't um, do very much. I mean, the thing was, he just wasn't able to score uh, points as uh, consistently as uh, as uh, Albon has done. And um, Albon has been, well, I mean, he's been uh, quite an upgrade on uh, Pierre Gasly uh, in, in the races. He's had uh, four consecutive top five finishes and has outscored uh, Max Verstappen 68 to 54 in the seven races as teammates. So very, very uh, impressive uh, stuff. And uh, well, I mean, that's uh, the, the thing. I mean, if you look at the Constructors uh, Championship and uh, um, it, it really was a question of, uh, well, not one, not a question, but certainly was an issue that uh, uh, Pierre Gasly wasn't uh, delivering points as uh, as much as he should and could do. Because I mean, the Red Bull maybe not as uh, well. I think they've done a good job. Let's not uh, take anything. I don't want to uh, throw shade at them, but uh, with the Honda engine, definitely, um, I, I'd say that they're on the same level as uh, they were at the Renaults last year. Maybe a little bit uh, ahead at times uh, this year, which is where they they wanted to be, and that's where Honda. Uh, promised, uh, you know, big, uh, big promise to, to, 
to say so, but uh, Pierre Gasly just uh, not delivering the points. I think ultimately that's a uh, cost him. I mean, the when we've seen Ferrari struggle the way that they have uh, this year, I think that uh, they really could have done a lot more. And I think that uh, if uh, they had more points in the constructors' championship, I think that uh, it could have been a lot closer to um, to Ferrari, or perhaps uh, they might have even been second in the World constructors' championship. But of course, now we will never know. But uh, good to see Alexander Albon getting his uh, his reward and uh, sticking with the Red Bull for next year. And as talking about next year, Red Bull think that it'll be their most expensive year ever in Formula One with their their costs uh, that are set to ramp up because of the huge development uh, needed for the 2021 uh, rule. So that is uh, really, really <laughs> mind-blowing considering how much money that these uh, top teams uh, are really spending. But I mean, the budget cap is not coming into uh, effect uh, for uh, next season. coming in after that. But um, Red Bull are really looking to get a head start on the cars for uh, the, the new era that will come in in, in 2021. And uh, Christian uh, Horner, the uh, the Reading principal, said that there are enough areas of uh, freedom in the new rules that uh, believe, uh, and he believes that uh, is worth investing more in it. And he says, quote, you have an unrestricted, uncontrolled amount of money that you can spend on research and development across other areas. For me, I stand by what I said previously. It would be, have been better to have introduced the cap first and then the regulations uh, a year down the line because then the budget cap would have constrained the amount to, to spend. Next year, it looks to be our most expensive year in F1. Now, the 2020 regulations are clear. We have an advanced team starting to investigate those regulations. It makes perfectly, as, pardon me, it makes an incredibly expensive year because we're developing under two types of regs and before the new financial comes in as well. So 2020 will be an expensive and busy year, certainly on and off the track. So it, it really is uh, interesting uh, to see what, uh, what what they're going to do. But I mean, yeah, they're going to be d- developing a, a car for next year, going to be developing the car in season, and then, of course, uh, trying to get uh, everything developed and running for, for 2021. And I mean, uh, we, we have an idea of, uh, of course, what that's all going to mean. And we're going to talk uh, about that uh, later in the show. But uh, of, of course... I think I speak not only for myself, but a good uh, many other Formula One fans around the world is however these uh, new rules uh, play out when they come into effect uh, for for 2021. Let's just hope that uh, that it leads to more exciting racing. I mean, there have been at times uh, this year that uh, I think the the, the racing has been uh, pretty exciting. I think it's been uh, pretty close. I mean, can it get better? It can always get better. But uh, what what are we expecting? Uh, Cars uh, passing each other each and every lap on each and every corner. I don't know. I think that uh, really depends. I, I think that's a, a very personal kind of view for each and every um, uh, Formula One fan out there. It's just like, how much action on the track is uh, just right? What is the right amount? Anyway, it's going to be uh, interesting to see uh, how that, uh, that that plays out. And I'm just, guys, I apologize, but I'm going to really just tear through all the uh, the, the news here or else we're going to be here for about uh, two and a half hours, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but there's is so much to really talk about. So uh, moving over to Mercedes, and there is a lot of Mercedes uh, news uh, this week. And uh, Total Wolf, the team principal there, says uh, making a few fewer mistakes was the key to winning the 2019 uh, title. And it's it's kind of an interesting uh, scenario because 
they started the season very, very strong. I mean, uh, they, they came out to, in Australia and uh, Valtteri Bottas was just flying. Uh, I mean, it was a very, very good uh, statement to, to, to start the year. I mean, even Lewis Hamilton uh, couldn't catch up to him uh, this year. But I mean, they uh, had uh, one, two finishes for so many races. I don't remember right off the top of uh, my head uh, what, what it was, but they were so dominant in the first uh, third, almost the first half of the year. But it... Um, it really was a case. I think they they were just they were just themselves. Uh, Mercedes is so reliable. They're so I, I hate to say almost predictable, but I mean they're almost predictable in their uh, reliability, and it, it certainly uh, led to the results on the track. And where they were just themselves and just uh, were getting uh, uh, or taking care of business, Ferrari and Red Bull just uh, could not match uh, what they were doing. I, Red Bull was always going to be, I think, a little bit um, more of a long shot to, to challenge uh, Mercedes this year, just in the fact that they were switching engine suppliers from Renault to Honda this year. And it was always going to be a bit of an unknown quantity coming into the season, how that would actually translate to their results on the track and how that uh, would really work out for them. And it worked, it worked out pretty good. I mean, Max has won a couple of races. Um, of course, uh, Hockenheim at the German Grand Prix was... It's a bit of an outlier being that uh, bizarre wet race, but hey, a win is a win. I mean, it's still 25 points. It's still, you're still the top guy on the podium and uh, it is what it is. I mean, the the impressive one for me, excuse me, was the, um, uh, of course, the Austrian Grand Prix because everybody was, uh, I mean, basically on equal terms because it was a dry race. The weather was great. Uh, It was perfect uh, conditions uh, for racing. And uh, Red Bull and that combination of uh, Max, the Red Bull, and the the, the Honda engine just were not going to be beat that day. So they've definitely had their moments, but Ferrari just really struggled uh, to get any kind of momentum uh, this year. And it wasn't really till after the summer break that they really found their feet and uh, won a couple of races uh, in a row and started to look like the Ferrari that we've become used to over the past couple of years of course that has been or has not been without uh, controversy obviously the FIA ruling on uh, the uh, you know the oil burning and the the engine trickery that was uh, supposedly uh, going on at Ferrari and of course uh, they weren't quite as good uh, in uh, in at the US Grand Prix at Austin uh, last uh, sorry a week and a half ago as they were over the past uh, four or five races uh, since the summer break and uh, of course there was a lot of speculation that that was because they had to change what they were doing with their engines because you know they were on the wrong side of the uh the, the i guess they were, the suspicion was that they were kind of playing the uh, the gray area with some of the uh, the things you could and could not do uh with, with the engines and uh burning oil and all these uh, different uh, trickery or different things that they can get around and of course max verstappen was accusing them of cheating and uh, ferrari said that wasn't the case so Anyways, the point is that they just haven't been able to to challenge uh, Mercedes, and uh, Mercedes really just uh, ran away with it. But it, it for me, hasn't been their most dominant uh, season, and it might sound a little bit kind of weird to say that, but I mean, uh, I mean, they've won a lot of races. Obviously, I mean, the, the Russia was one that they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, that, that was one that maybe kind of fell into their lap a little bit. But you know, over the course of the year, I mean, what it really comes down to is it reflects uh, the, the, the who's who is the champion both in the the constructors and the drivers world championship is just who is 
the best team and the best driver over the 20 or 21 races, whatever it is, any given year. And uh, ultimately, that would, uh, that's what it comes down to. But uh, Total Wolf has to say, quote, every championship seems like the hardest. It may be because we are protected by our memory, but certainly this year has had its ups and downs. We came out of the block very strong, didn't have the quickest package on Saturday for a long time, but we were able to make the least mistakes on Sunday. And that was probably the biggest key to us making us win the championship. Obviously, the highlight, obviously for me, the highlight was uh, Austin. We came back to old form, winning the title decider with Valtteri and winning the championship with uh, with Lewis with strong pace for me as the highlight of the season. And uh, well, that, that's that. I think that really is. Uh, he sums it up uh, nicely. They, uh, they they came out. They started the season very strong. They weren't the best in qualifying, but in the race, they made the fewest mistakes, and that's uh, really what, uh, what what it comes down to. I mean, they really are very proficient in, in what they do, especially on Sundays, and uh, the the results. And uh, they really do uh, speak for themselves. I mean, especially when uh, they've won the constructors' championship so many seasons in a row. Now they've won. God only knows uh, how many races uh, between uh, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and uh, Nico Rosberg certainly won his fair share before he retired in 2016. And uh, they, they really have raised the bar in Formula One by a considerable amount. And anyone trying to recreate what they've uh, done over the past several years certainly has uh, their, their their work cut out for them. Uh, moving along now, Total Wolf uh, went on to say that uh, in the future that uh, he wants to handle uh, Valtteri uh, Bottas's contracts better. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, that's uh, another piece of news. Uh, I should have led with that off at the top with the news about Alexander Albon, but I put it together, all the Mercedes news. Anyways, Bottas has been confirmed that he will be back uh, with uh, Mercedes in 2020, and that uh, will extend his uh, time with the team to at least four years. And I don't know, is anybody surprised by this? I think that uh, that this year was uh, definitely a better year for him than than, than last year. I mean, he's got uh, seven wins in total in his time uh, with uh, Mercedes, and I think that... Uh, he pretty much ticks all the boxes for a guy that uh, you would want there. I mean, he's there. He, he's going to um, he's going to get the occasional pole. He's going to get the occasional win. He's always going to be a, a favorite to get on the podium every weekend, and uh, that's uh, by and large a, a lot of the reasons why uh, they've uh, continued to win the constructors' championships uh, since he joined uh, the team for 2017. Is just that uh, even though Lewis Hamilton might uh, steal all the, uh, the the headlines and uh, might get all the press and the uh, the, the world champ. Championships. I mean, Valtteri Bottas. I mean, if uh, if Mercedes is uh, predictable in their reliability, as uh, as I was saying just now, that uh, Valtteri Bottas himself is very uh, reliable and has uh, delivered a. a, a big number of uh, points to the team over the years and I think that uh, this contract uh, is really reflective of that and uh, well I think that you can see why maybe Toto was looking around but what who would really come in would you think that uh, you would replace uh, Bottas has been proven uh, to be uh, reliable uh, over the past uh, several years and maybe uh, pick up uh, Nico Hulkenberg who's uh, out there looking for a job or maybe uh, promote Esteban Ocon although he's uh, been confirmed at Renault for next year but uh, the thing was um, that uh, that uh, Toto did say that uh, the long uncertainty for Valtteri Bottas uh, was a, a quote pain in the ass. So you can understand uh, that that uh, that that point of view or that comment because certainly they left it uh, going for a long time because uh, I mean he hadn't I mean he's the last guy really to be uh, confirmed beside uh, Alexander Albon. All the other seats uh, were basically uh, spoken and taken for a long time ago, and uh, it is well deserved for for Valtteri. I think that uh, you just have to 
expect that uh, Mercedes are going to be the favorites again uh, next year. I mean, it's hard to see them uh, developing a, a bad engine and a bad car and just getting it all wrong. And uh, it really would uh, take a lot, I think, for Ferrari and uh, and Red Bull to really close that gap uh, over the winter and uh, and really be better than Mercedes. Until proven otherwise, I can't really see how you uh, bet against them. Um, anyways... Um, Bottas had to, to say uh, about uh, his contract uh, renewal, and uh, I quote, There was definitely uncertainty for 2020 at some point, lots of rumors. I had no idea what was going to happen. I just had to wait. As an athlete, as a driver, it's not an ideal situation. You can't be uh, complete with peace of mind and focus on the job and feel mentally free and in the right place. It's tricky when that continues year after year, every single year of your career. At some point, it is getting a pain in the ass. It is definitely nice to get the contract signed, but it's good to be uh, going to the same story next year i'm not too worried at this point because the pace is good i enjoy the driving i enjoy working with the team and i hope they appreciate that uh, as well so well like uh, total wolf uh, was saying that uh, it probably did have a bit of an effect uh, on his uh, on his driving just uh, dragging out prolonging the the, the contract uh, renewal and he said uh, that he will try to make a better job of that in the in, in the future and he said uh, for 2021 the the door is wide open they don't have any um, drivers contracted to any team and that's super exciting i think uh, that the driver carousel is going to get start uh, pretty soon so you can imagine that uh, it could be uh, i mean we've seen some silly seasons before in uh, who's going to go uh, to to which team but uh, that that really opens up a lot of things uh, for for 2021 it could be uh, quite interesting to see who ends up where anyway so I can't, I can't I was watching NFL a little bit earlier, Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh, uh, uh, sorry, the Pittsburgh Penguins, sorry, guys, wrong sport, the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. Anyways, I was just thinking Mike Tomlin, he's been the head coach there since 2007. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's really gone quickly. Anyways, I wanted to talk now a little bit about uh, our friends at uh, Vivid Seats and uh, they're back as a, a sponsor again this week. Anyways, they are the top source for tickets and events that you want to go to, like the NFL. Of course, there's uh, still a month or so left in the NFL season, but you can get all the tickets that you want. There, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL. Hey, you can even get Formula One tickets on uh, Vivid Seats. So they are, like I say, the top sorts for tickets for any of the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. Uh, to make things even better, they now have a loyalty program that allows to earn credit back, and that's Vivid Seats a reward. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards. Sorry, the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. It's a, a mouthful for a. Well, that's such a late uh, time of night here. Anyways, every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee for the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And remember, when it's time to buy, enter the promo code Overtime. At, uh, at checkout, uh, that's uh, for new users, and you can receive a discount for up to $100. So if you're thinking of checking it out, and you should because they're absolutely fantastic, if you're a new uh, customer, make sure you use my promo code OVERTIME, and you could save up to $100. So that really sort of sends, uh, sells itself, doesn't it? Anyways, talk about things for the future now. What is Lewis going to do after he retires from Formula One? And of course, this is a little bit of speculation because Lewis hasn't said that he's going to retire anytime soon. And of course, he's only 34. And why would you think that Lewis would need to retire, have to retire when he's still getting it done on the track each and every weekend? Still one of the best drivers out there, if not the best driver, still one of the quickest guys around over the course of a single lap. And uh, he just continues to deliver race after race, year after year. And but I mean, at some point, 
time catches up with everyone, even uh, a great racing driver like Lewis Hamilton. And uh, one of these days, he's going to have to call it uh, a career and look to do something else. And uh, he does say the idea of staying with Mercedes beyond racing in Formula One is becoming uh, more uh, attractive to him and becoming more involved with the parent company, uh, Daimler. So we'll wait and see what uh, what that is. But his uh, current contract runs to the end of uh, 2020, but uh, he's uh, hinted that he would like to stay in Formula One beyond uh, then to uh, sample the new 2021 uh, regulations. And of course, if uh, you've been in motor racing for a, a long time and you've, you've seen all these uh, hints at what's to come, and uh, I mean, I think that uh, Lewis is obviously earned the uh the the right to walk away from formula one whenever he wants and uh you know honestly sometimes i i say and i've said on the show before that uh sometimes i get a little bit tired uh, of watching him win each and every week but that doesn't mean i don't respect the guy he is an amazing driver and what he has done is absolutely remarkable i don't want to take that uh, against him and i don't want to see like i'm i'm anti lewis hamilton because i am not i think he's a wonderful uh driver a good ambassador for the sport but you know like one of these days he's gonna have to walk away but anyways, uh, when he does, and uh, like I say, he's earned that right to do it on his own terms, uh, he has uh, sort of hinted at some uh, things, uh, and uh, he said, quote, nothing is set in stone, but I'm definitely enjoying what I'm doing right now, and I see no reason in stopping because I love what I do. When there's a challenge, a whole massive change in the regula- regulations, that's a huge challenge for me as a driver to use my skills and the things I've learned over the years to help steer the team in the right direction, to develop the fastest car and still develop consistencies and punch out performances. I don't particularly see myself going anywhere else. I love being at Mercedes. I love being part of the brand and the story. The idea of staying with Mercedes, I've been with them since I was 13 years old, even beyond Formula One, and probably be heavily involved with Daimler and beyond is quite attractive. So we'll see how it goes. Anyways, uh, Lewis dropping some hints as what he might want to do in Formula One after he retires. But he says uh, before then he is still working on a masterpiece in Formula One. And I don't think I need to go over the stats again. I did that last week uh, compared to uh, himself and uh, Michael Schumacher, which is uh, it's really really coming down to it. I mean, he could equal and pass Michael in some of the categories uh, that uh, that he's still trailing him in this coming season. I think that he needs about 10 or 11 wins to to, to pass Michael uh, in, in uh, the, the total of races one. I mean, that's uh, very possible. I mean, uh, if he has a dominant year like he's had this year, then uh, it, it's quite conceivable that uh, he could be the all-time leader in the wins category. I mean, if he wins the championship next year, he'll be tied with seven with Michael. And once that's done, then really the sky is the limit. Uh, I really honestly never thought that we'd see another, uh, another driver win seven world championships after Schumacher did it. I thought he was uh, one of a kind. Uh, I mean, uh, certainly a very different personality, different, very different uh, driver than, uh, than, than Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but I mean, there's always going to be in any era of Formula One, there's going to be one guy that uh, stands out head and shoulders above the, the 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 rest i mean in the past it was uh, it was schumacher then it was uh, senna i mean just go back through the years i mean every era has has an iconic uh, driver that really stood out uh, anyways um, it, it still is a kind of a mind blower to me i mean when you look back at the uh, the beginning of uh, 2018 uh, and you had uh, sebastian vettel and lewis hamilton both tied on four world championships and one was going to take uh, they were break that deadlock at the end of last year and be the uh, be a five-time world championship and i mean or sorry champion and i mean even just winning one is a phenomenal achievement and and to win multiple championships is uh, really really uh, a phenomenal achievement for anyone i mean uh, vettel winning four when he was at red bull and uh, lewis 
Lewis winning six, you know, one of McLaren, five at uh, Mercedes. Uh, absolutely uh, fantastic stuff. But I, I thought last year that uh, even though that uh, they had four apiece, that, that um, I still felt in 2018 that Schumacher's seven was uh, almost... I wouldn't say at, um, untouchable, but uh, definitely, um, if not quite out of reach, definitely at arm's length. But then when uh, when when Hamilton won five, and then this year when it uh, maybe before the summer break. I mean, obviously by the summer break it was uh, it was all wrapped up, and it was just a question of uh, time uh, before Lewis was uh, crowned champion. I mean, the only person that was ever going to catch him was uh, was Valtteri Bottas, and uh, again that seemed uh, unlikely. But anyways, when it looked like uh, it was going to be uh, Lewis's title uh, at the beginning of the summer. I really st- thought to myself, gosh, you know, this uh, this seven of um, uh, Michael Schumacher's really isn't uh, untouchable. It uh, really is a lot closer than, uh, than than certainly I felt that, that it was, and uh, perhaps a, a lot of other people, including uh, Lewis Hamilton. So he's uh, really, uh, really closing it uh, down uh, quickly. <clears throat> But anyways, uh, Lewis had to say, uh, quote, I've tried to make sure that I've started the season as I finished last year, and I think that's just uh, stayed through uh, through the season. I've been very consistent in qualifying. I've not had a particularly spe- spectacular pole position that perhaps I did last year, but it's been second row the majority of the time. Uh, apart from Hockenheim, uh, where, of course, he crashed off in the rain, but I'll give myself a pass for that weekend because I wasn't really 100%. I think that's uh, been the best uh, performing uh, year. Nope, I lost my notes here. <laughs> Pardon me about that. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, anyways, I'm still working on a masterpiece that I haven't quite finished yet. It takes a long time to master a craft. <clears throat> takes a long time to master a craft, and whilst I feel like I'm mastering it, there's still more to master. There's still more to add to it. There are more, still more pieces to the puzzle to add. There are going to be more ups and downs along the way, but I feel like I've got the best tools now to be able to deal with those. And certainly, I think that uh, if Lewis has a good car, and like I say, there's no indication that uh, that Mercedes won't give him a good car next year. It uh, it just seems like he will be adding to the story and adding to the uh, the impressive resume and the impressive uh, list of achievements that uh, that he's uh, made in Formula One ever since uh, he joined uh, the series way back uh, way back when. Anyways. He may be looking to uh, build on his master masterpiece, but Valtteri Bottas says he has uh, what he calls a secret plan to beat Lewis Hamilton next year. But he says he's not going to play any mind games uh, with, with his teammate, which may be a good thing because uh, it was interesting. I think it was earlier this year that uh, I remember listening to Nico Rosberg, and uh, he was saying that you know that's not really a game that uh, that you want to get uh, get into with Lewis. Uh, you know that that the, the mind games and the mental aspect of it, because Lewis is just so mentally tough that uh, that he's going to beat you. Uh, you know, get inside your head almost and beat you each and every time. But, um, you know, I I really can't see Bottas going head-to-head with uh, with Lewis Hamilton. I mean, he, he really, I think, uh, did well in uh, at the U.S. Grand Prix uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was surprised that uh, that he passed Hamilton as easy as, he's, as he did. I mean, Hamilton did fight a little bit for it, but uh, Bottas had the better tires. He had more pace, so it really was more of a token defense uh, from Lewis, if anything else. But I can't really see those two going head-to-head um, for, for, uh, for wins. Um, 
on a regular basis. I mean, I think that Lewis is still faster. I mean, Bottas has been better on different tracks at different times this year. Australia was one. Uh, Baku was another one. Austin was another one. I mean, I mean, Bottas is uh, obviously he's also a very good driver. I mean, the, the car is obviously good as well. And uh, I, I just think over the course of the entire season, while he might have uh, his individual moments and weekends and races where he is uh, the, the better of the two, I think over the course of uh, 20 or 21 or 22 races, whatever we're going to have next year, that uh, that Lewis Hamilton is uh, going to be, um, you know, he's going to be the one that uh, comes out uh, on top. Anyways, uh, Bottas uh, did say, quote, to be honest, I'm slight, I'm already slightly bored about that question because every other uh, driver is, indiv- is individual. I am uh, not me. I am not Nico, just uh, referring to the, uh, the, the mental uh, battle. For sure, I have plans to find the different ways of how I want to achieve my goal, which is ultimately the championship. That means beating my teammate, but also many other drivers. I've also preferred to do talking on the track, and if I'm able to keep up my performance and put all the energy in to, I have into my performance, then that is best for me. If I start wasting my energy elsewhere, it might take my mind off the drive, driving, which is what really matters. If I can perform at the level I want, that normally upsets the other side of the garage a, uh, a little bit, and I know being on the other side of as well, it can lead you to mistakes. I have a plan for next year, but I'm not willing to share it, so we will find out. So, Valtteri dropping some uh, some hints there as to what he's uh, going to do next year. And I don't know. I mean, uh, like I say, I think that uh, he'll have his moments, but still until proven otherwise, much as, uh, you know, Mercedes being proven otherwise is uh, not being the best team. I have to see, uh, have to see it before my eyes that, uh, that, uh, Lewis is not the best driver anymore, but uh, all respect to, to, to Valtteri for, um, you know, saying that he's got an idea that he's got a plan, uh, how he's going to take the fight to Hamilton next year. And ultimately it'll play out over the course of the, uh, the entire world championship. So look forward to that. Anyway, so just going back to, to Lewis again and his uh, recent uh, win in the uh, for his sixth world championship, he said that he was uh, he was moved by text messages that he received uh, from former teammate uh, Fernando Alonso and uh, Ron Dennis, and uh, he said it was pretty amazing that he got these uh, congratulatory messages uh, from uh, these guys uh, after he won his uh, Formula One uh, world championship just a, a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, he said, "quote Recognition is uh, not something that drives me, but definitely is an honor when you have it uh, from other drivers." particularly like Seb, that you get so much uh, for their ability to give it. Uh, Over the years, you have commented on their ability, you have belief in their ability, and you've built up a rapport that is constantly growing. And for them to take a moment and show that a bit of respect is amazing. Us 20 drivers particularly know how hard it is to do what we do, and only a few of us really truly know how hard it is to win on a consistent basis year to year. Seb is one of those, so it is really awesome. I got a text from Fernando as well, which is pretty amazing. I was really grateful for that. We have been through a whirlwind of experiences together over the years, and in all honesty, I have always had respect for what he's achieved and his ability, and has also seen his growth through his period of time at uh, McLaren. So they were teammates way back when in 2007, and that was, um, it was like oil and water. Let's just put it that way. They didn't really mix uh, too well, and uh, Fernando left uh, at the end of the year. Uh, But uh, also good to see that uh, Ron Dennis is a former boss at uh, McLaren, um, uh, Lewis's that is, uh, a nice touch uh, from him as well. He said that uh, he, he met him way back when he was 10 years old and uh, and he said that uh, Ron saw something in him that the only other person in the world did at that time was, uh, was his dad. So that's a uh, pretty cool story. So sticking with Mercedes, I know that uh, there's been a lot of uh, Mercedes news, but I promise in a couple minutes we're going to move on uh, to other things. So Total Wolf, 
he's going to slack off a little bit uh, this weekend, uh, in, in manner of speaking. And of course, I, I joke a little bit, but he's going to miss his first race in Formula One. He's not going to be in the garage at, uh, at uh, Interlagos at the Brazilian Grand Prix. And this is going to be the first time that he's missed a race since uh, 2013. But uh, he said that uh, now that uh, both the, the Constructors and Drivers Championships have been won, uh, gives him uh, the opportunity to, to focus on some uh, other things. So he's uh, not going to be there. So it will be a little bit uh, weird. I mean, you get used to uh, seeing all these uh, people as, uh, as regulars. And uh, so it'll be a little bit strange not to see uh, Toto. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's fairly stone-faced, but every once in a while, uh, you know, he can get a little bit a- animated uh, if things go uh, well or not so well, depending on the situation. But uh, certainly, uh, it'll be a little bit uh, strange not to, to see him there. Um, anyways, um, the other thing that uh, that I wanted to talk about now is um, Felipe Massa, who believes that, uh, that Charles Leclerc could win his first world championship before uh, Max uh, Verstappen. And, uh, you know, these are both uh, two young guys, both of them uh, rising stars. Well, obviously, both stars in, in Formula One, and both of them uh, both look like uh, they are potential uh, world champions. And uh, well, it's uh, interesting to hear uh, Massa weigh on this. I mean, he was world champion for what about 15 seconds uh, before uh, Lewis Hamilton came across in what was it, fifth position way back in uh, uh, 2008 to win the, the, the championship uh, that year, win his first uh, world title. But, anyways, as I said, he's hugely impressed uh, by the way that. Uh, Charles Leclerc has settled in uh, so quickly uh, at uh, at Ferrari, and that, that's the thing about uh, Charles. Uh, I mean, he, I mean, for a guy, young guy that's only been uh, two years in Formula One now, I mean, he looked comfortable la- last year, even as a uh, as a rookie at Sauber. I mean, the way that uh, that he really outperformed his teammate Marcus Ericsson over the, uh, the the course of the entire season was really really impressive stuff. And uh, I, I mean, it was. I think, in a sense, a little bit of a surprise that uh, that he went to Ferrari so soon. I, I didn't have any uh, doubts that he probably would go there, but I didn't think that it would be after only one year. But I mean, he's he's proven already that uh, that that he's uh, deserving to to be with the Scuderia, that he deserves a top drive in in, in Formula One, and um, and and that's echoed by uh, Felipe Massa. And I mean, I mean, he was there for a long time at Ferrari. So he knows uh, what what it takes uh, to be a Ferrari driver. Eight years in total for Felipe Massa. That uh, that <laughs> seems like a long time ago now. Uh, but uh, I mean, he only just uh, retired uh, recently and finishing up his uh, career at uh, Williams. But he goes on to say that uh, that he feels that uh, that Charles is a very talented driver but uh, what, what he thinks uh, is very impressive is uh, just his mentality and just the way that uh, the guy is able to, to handle pressure and I think that that, that is an excellent point uh, because uh, you know going from a team like uh, Selba Alfa Romeo as it was last year and then going to a, one of the biggest teams in Formula One if not uh, in motor racing anywhere in Ferrari there's going to be a lot of pressure to, to, to go with that but I mean uh, he did, showed right off of the very bat uh, that, that he could get it done uh, I mean, I think he finished fifth at the Australian Grand Prix, and that was only because of team orders. Uh, Vettel just uh, didn't have any pace that weekend, and then he was uh, told to, to hang back and stay behind Seb and uh, and not overtake him. So he, he could have done more than that. I mean, certainly he should have won the, the, the race after that uh, at Bahrain, but the, the mechanical issue and a, and a fortunate safety car saved a podium for him. And then uh, he's won several races in, in the season since then. 
and he's become a, an, an instant star there. But uh, Massa says that uh, he's not sure whether or not uh, he's faster than slower than uh, than, than Max. But uh, you know, seven pole positions in in his rookie year really does speak volumes for it. And and uh, Felipe uh, thinks as well. I mean, uh, there 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 are been some uh, some downs for Charles as well. I mean, uh, one of course uh, was when uh, he put it into the wall and qualifying at uh, Baku. That's you know. But I mean, the thing is. As good as Charles has been, I mean, he's made some mistakes along the way, but you've, you've got to give him that little bit of room. I mean, as, as talented and as good as the guy is, he still needs that uh, that room to grow and, and, and get the experience. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there, there might be some of these uh, little hiccups uh, along the way. And of course, when it comes uh, to uh, between Charles and, and Max uh, winning a world championship first... Yeah, I, I can I can see that too. I mean, uh, I, I could see that uh, Ferrari building a title contender um, quicker than uh, sooner than Red Bull. But uh, again, that uh, you know, <laughs> that could be uh, proven. Uh, otherwise, uh, Honda seemed to be getting the uh, the, the job done. I mean, uh, as a rule, Red Bull uh, they they always seem to be spot on with their tactics and strategy during races, and. Uh, you know, they they could uh, they've got a good partnership going with uh, with Honda. You know that a a, t- a car that uh, is uh, designed uh, by design team headed by Adrian Newey is going to be a good car. So, you know, I mean, just on paper, it, it would be. Uh, I think um, the logical thing to say that Charles uh, in a Ferrari would win a world championship sooner than Max Verstappen. Yeah, we'll wait and see in reality. I think that the, both of these guys are going to be world champions uh, one of these days, and uh, the, the the question is who. I think I think I would uh, agree with uh, Felipe and go with uh, with Charles, but I don't think it is uh, as, as clear cut as maybe he might uh, think. All right. Well, the next uh, piece of news is that uh, sticking with Max, uh, Fernando Alonso says that uh, exciting Max Verstappen is uh, Formula One, uh, Formula One's uh, best driver right now. And uh, that's kind of an interesting one because, I mean, uh, the thing is, I mean, uh, uh, Charles is very, very good uh, to watch as well. But Max uh, just uh, is a little bit braver, I guess, uh, and is uh, a little bit more... um, he does things in a little bit of a different way. I mean, that's uh, not to, to take anything away from Charles, but uh, Alonso said, uh, there's a reason why the drivers in the series are up there. It's not by chance. It's because they are the best. And F1 is difficult to choose the best because it changes a lot from year to year and from car to car. There are drivers who are fast over one lap and others it starts. There are others who are consistent and others who are very aggressive. I would say right now, the best is Max Verstappen. He is a driver I, that I like to follow. This year, I've watched the races on television. I like to see him because because he is always in attack mode. If you see there is a third, if if you see he is in third and catches a guy in second, you know he won't stay there. You know he'll try at some point to get past, and that is uh, for the fans something exciting. And that's true, Max. Uh, he is always in attack mode. It doesn't matter where he is on the track; he's always uh, looking to to get ahead, and it uh, really does make uh, an exciting thing to, to watch. And uh, I, I mean, he's had his moments over the years too, and uh, and and done some things that uh, you know that maybe haven't been the best. Uh, for him or reflect the best version of Max Verstappen but I think certainly since uh, Monaco 2018 since uh, he put into the wall in FP3 and ended up uh, missing uh, qualifying I think that was that uh, that milestone uh, moment uh, for Max and I think that really um, helped him get focused because he struggled and had some moments uh, in, in other races in the, the, the beginning of that season as well but uh, that, that's when it kind of really boiled over and uh, all credit to the guy you know he, he really uh, 
uh, buckled down, really got his head together. And uh, the, the the Max Verstappen that we've seen since then has uh, been pretty much uh, the, the, the best I think we can expect uh, from the guy. Again, uh, much like uh, Charles, I mean, we've kind of watched him grow up uh, before our eyes to a certain extent. And uh, I mean, he's been an exciting guy to watch. I mean, he has been, uh, you know, uh, like he's, uh, like Alonso said, aggressive at times. But uh, for Max, that uh, just works. And uh, he is uh, he is fun to watch. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Anyways, uh, before we uh, move on here, I just uh, want to mention uh, our friends at uh, MyBookie. They're back uh, again this uh, year. And, uh, you know, if it isn't time, they haven't got in on the action on NFL, NHL, NBA, whatever it is. Now is the time. So go and check out uh, the latest from my friends at MyBookie.ag. So, of course, in addition to the traditional spreads and totals, quarters, halves, or periods on the ice, player props, including points, yards, or goals, PGA, NASCAR, soccer, and much more. Now is the best time to get in on the action. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, the promo code is OVERTIME. New users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, Renault. Let's talk a little bit about Renault. I mean, this has been not a really really great uh, season for them uh, obviously they've uh, struggled uh, and as I've said uh, uh, about them uh, several times this year I felt like they've uh, regressed a little bit and well they said that they needed to reset after the uh, the, the French Grand Prix milestone and he said that uh, he realized that the team uh, needed a staffing sh- a shake up uh, way back in June after the, the much um, anticipated update for the French uh, Grand Prix failed to deliver and I think that really sums things up uh, th- this year that they have failed to deliver. They have incrementally moved forward each and every year since uh, they've come back into, uh, in- into Formula 1 but uh, this year has been a real disappointment and I was really hoping uh, for for good things uh, from them. Uh, I mean, they finished fourth in the world championship uh, last year, and I was really hoping to see them close the gap uh, to uh, to Red Bull uh, more for for twenty eight. Sorry, twenty nineteen, and they just haven't been able to do that. And I thought, well, you know, they're going to have got two good drivers in the team the, this year with uh, Danny Ricardo and Nico Hulkenberg, and well. They just haven't been. Uh, they just haven't delivered, and and that is uh, uh, is really sad. Because if you go on and see uh, some of the other things that uh, they're they're talking about, Alan Prost, um, he said that uh, that they're still not in a very stable situation, and you know, of course, it's been a tough year for them, but it is. Uh, it disturbs me a little bit because they're not spending as much money as, say, Red Bull or Ferrari or Mercedes, and that's fine. I mean, uh, they're just spending within their means. But, I mean, this is a, a team that is backed by one of the major uh, car manufacturers in Europe, if not the world. I mean, the the, the Renault-Nissan partnership. I mean, there's a lot of money, a lot of resources that, the, that they have at uh, their uh, uh, disposal. But it, uh, it just really isn't working right now. And I'm a little bit worried uh, whether or not they're going to stick around in, in Formula 1. And I don't by any means think that, you know, you should just be in, in, in Formula One, that um, that it's some sort of a right that everyone has. I mean, of course, you deserve to, to, to be there and you have to earn your keep and all that. But uh, I mean, this is a, a, a manufacturer that's had success as an engine supplier and uh, also as a uh, as a manufacturer in their own right. And uh, to see them kind of really spinning their wheels and not really going anywhere. But uh, Prost uh, told Motorsport.com, it is not over, but we are more confident for sure. After what has happened we have, when we lost uh, the points in Japan, it makes quite a big difference because it's not only losing points, it gave more points than the others, so we really deserve to be where we are. At least at the end of the season, we need to show something, but it's good for the morale of the people. We have had a very tough season. 
We have been good most of the time for the second part of the season in the races, but sometimes you have accidents in the first corner or whatever. With a little bit of uh, luck, we can fly, fight more with uh, McLaren. Uh, we know where we are, but it's very difficult to, to explain outside because you're trying to build something, something, sometimes you lose a bit. We are still not in a very stable situation because we are, because as you see, we are changing the organization, but we keep going. I'm not at all pessimistic for the future, but it takes a bit more time to be there. So obviously uh, there, there's behind the scenes, things are still not uh, 100% as to uh, what they need or where they need to be. And they certainly have their, their, their work cut out for them. And I really wanted to see uh, more from Danny Ricardo uh, this year. And uh, I thought that uh, he was taking a, a big gamble. And just uh, based on the, his first year with Renault, it seems to obviously not have uh, paid off. But I guess we have to wait and see how it goes uh, next year, whether or not they improve. But yeah. Uh, a little bit early to say, you know, Ricardo, you could have, you should have really stayed where you were. But I guess, of course, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty. But uh, Ricardo himself says that that he's really improved his uh, race uh, craft uh, thanks to the uh, the the midfield fights that he's had. Because I mean, he's been in the middle of the pack uh, all year, so that is uh, one thing <laughs> that's uh, really w- uh, worked out in his favor. But uh, you know, I mean, he was in good place uh, with, with Renault. I mean, it was uh, good for a couple of podiums and a, an odd win here and there. And uh, this year has missed a little bit of something without seeing Ricardo up on the the the, the, the podium uh, and uh, doing his uh, stereo uh, or his uh, I guess his uh, trademarked shoey celebration. Anyway, so uh, let's change now. Let's talk about Ferrari for a little bit. And uh, they said that their in-season development uh, exceeded uh, expectations, and uh, the the amount of uh, downforce that uh, that they have added has um, some positive uh, effects, uh, according to uh, team uh, principal Mattia Bonato. And uh, well, that was the big problem that they had. I mean, uh, they they were about a second and a half quicker in uh, in winter testing way back when, uh, but when we got to the season, um, they just uh, they just weren't as good uh, in the real season as they were in the uh, the unofficial uh, winter season at uh, at testing and the, the the problem they had was a lack of grip lack of downforce uh and of course that affected their speeds in the cornering they weren't able to get the temperature in the the the, the, the tires and that uh, really i think uh, handed the ball to mercedes and that is uh because uh, they were they were unchallenged in the first half of the season that they were able to rack up as many wins and points and uh and and do what they did and basically make an unassailable uh, leads at the top of both uh, championships uh, before they went into the summer break uh, back at uh, the, the, the beginning of, um, of August. But, uh, I mean, it is interesting to see how they have improved over the course of the, uh, the, the, the year, but uh, at the same time, I mean, it's you know it still isn't easy for them i mean you look uh, ahead to brazil this year and uh, charles is going to have to take a, a grid penalty for for a new engine i mean he's using a, a very old uh, engine uh, last uh, last race at uh, at austin and he suffered an oil leak during third practice uh, which uh, made him uh, revert to an older spec engine for the rest of the uh, the, the 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 weekend so that meant him uh, he was slightly down on power and i mean he was way back i mean he finished fourth but i mean he was uh, a country mile behind uh, uh, max verstappen and, uh, and the two Mercedes. Um, anyway, so, so he's going to be, um, uh, he's going to end up with at least a 10 uh, place grid penalty at the Brazilian Grand Prix for uh, for, for that. Um, anyway, so that that is uh, disappointing to see. But I mean, going back to what uh, Bonato was uh, saying about the uh, amount of uh, development that they have uh, done in season, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is impressive, but they said for the longest time that, uh, that they were just sort of struggling to get their head around the car and why it wasn't 
doing what uh, they expected it to do. So, I mean, the development and the improvements that, uh, that, the, that they did make to the car, I mean, yeah, they came, but I mean, it took a, a long time really to get to, to where they needed to be. And that is, uh, is uh, obviously uh, really uh, disappointing. Um, just, but just talking about uh, that, I mean, there was the controversy a couple of weeks ago where the FIA ruled on, on that and uh, uh, on the engines and what you can and cannot do. I mean, there was some speculation, like I was saying earlier, that uh, Ferrari wasn't uh, playing uh, fair. Um, and uh, Charles was, uh, he was very critical about some of the claims that uh, Max Verstappen uh, said after the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the U.S. Grand Prix. And the quote from Max was, uh, this is what happens when you stop uh, cheating. Anyways, uh, Vettel had to uh, weigh in on that. And uh, he said, quote, well, I think it is a sign of our times that a lot of people have something to say. I think that, that the big difference to the past is a lot of people are being heard, whereas maybe before they were being ignored. Everyone is free to say what they want and if that's what he thinks and what he may think. But obviously, we have a different uh, opinion. Um, so anyways, uh, he, he was pushed a little bit more by uh, by the press on uh, what he thought about uh, Max uh, Verstappen. And he said, quote, as I said, everybody is free to say what they want. I don't think anybody in the team took it uh, personal. It is not uh, professional mature, but I can see that uh, you, the media, are probably interested in me answering back. And I don't have much interest in that other to say than for us, the best way to answer is to go back to normal. So, I mean, that the best way to answer those uh, criticisms, those comments uh, from uh, from Max is Ferrari to go out. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, they didn't have a great weekend in, um, in, in, in Austin at the U.S. Grand Prix. I mean, qualifying wasn't bad. I mean, uh, Vettel did all right. I mean, uh, ended up in second, but uh, they were just slow right off of the line. And uh, they were, I mean, Vettel dropped back several places in the opening laps. And then by lap seven or eight, I mean, he was out of the race after the uh, what was it, the right rear suspension arm broke, and he crashed out of the race. I mean, that was uh, just b- bizarre. But I mean, uh, Charles, he couldn't uh, really get any real pace, and like I said, I mean, he he, he finished fourth, but uh, he was uh, just uh, he was a country mile behind uh, Bottas, Verstappen, Hamilton, who were further up uh, the road. Anyways, uh, just uh, sort of keeping on that um, that uh, that whole engine drama. So the FAA has asked for the team's oil details in the latest. Uh, twist to this uh, this whole story uh, anyways they've issued a technical directive uh, reiterating uh, the previous instructions uh, outline uh, burning oil to improve uh, fuel performance or to pr- pr- improve performance and uh, they've asked every team to send uh, such uh, details such as uh, designation specification and quantity of lubricants in their engines and it'll give them a reference to undertake any checks related to u- lubricant use in the future and uh, we'll give the, them uh, an idea if anybody is uh, burning uh, oil uh, to get a bit of boost in uh, in uh, performance. Anyways, uh, just uh, going back to, to Ferrari again, um, this is uh, a little bit sort of contradictory to what uh, Matteo Bonato was uh, saying earlier when uh, he said that the range of issues are, quote, more worrying than the core flaw. So, I mean, it's kind of contradicting uh, his little bit, uh, uh, what he was saying earlier. I mean, he was, well, I mean, not 100% because, I mean, he was saying that he was uh, impressed with the, the amount of in-season development uh, that they've uh, done this year. Whereas the uh, rel- reliability problems is uh, even more worrying than the uh, the design and the, the the problems that they they had with it uh, this year. So uh, when he was uh, uh, talking uh, before, but, uh, Bonato said all of them, each single one, all different. It is not a single factor commonality, which is even more worrying because if you got a single problem, you may address it. The fact we've got different problems is showing our entire process is not strong enough towards reliability, and th- and that is a big difference. I mean, just going back to what uh, Total Wolf was saying. 
saying uh, earlier that was really the details and the focus that uh, really helped uh, them win the championship uh, this year and that's uh, different uh, to, to Ferrari and uh, exactly what uh, Bonato was saying it, it hasn't been any one thing it's been a lot of uh, a lot of li- different things a lot of different problems that have uh, really caused them uh, grief uh, this year and uh, again that just I think uh, under uh, you know underlines uh, just how good that uh, Mercedes are I mean it's uh, one thing to design a good car but I mean if it uh, isn't uh, reliable uh, I mean it can be fast it can be all these different things but uh, you know if you're not going to finish a race then uh, what's the point and I think that's what uh, really makes uh, Mercedes all that more impressive is that we rarely see them retire for uh, mechanical issues I I mean it it happens occasionally but uh, just not uh, very often so uh, just uh, um, Vettel was saying that uh, the early stages of the Formula One season this year were about uh, trying not to see the truth as he puts it as they they fell further behind uh, Mercedes and uh, he said they had to stay quite calm after an incredible first week of testing but a lot of ups and downs to start the season gave way to uh, the reality of uh, what he said uh, was quote we were just not quick enough and that that was uh, a problem uh, for them obviously and that's uh, you know they just weren't up to it and uh, that's basically what it boils down to that they were not able to um, to keep up uh, to Mercedes and then uh, even when they did have uh, the, the speed you know they just haven't always been able to uh, get both cars home and that has been uh, their big issue anyways uh, sticking with Ferrari they still believe that uh, that the top teams in Formula One will dominate in 2021 regardless of uh, what happens and uh, you know that's uh, despite the fact there will be a cost cap and the new uh, new rules and regulations everything like that to, to make the you know Formula One uh, more exciting um, and you know it sounds a little bit uh, disheartening on on one hand, but I mean, the, it seems like a logical statement, right? I mean, the the, the best teams, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll find a way to be the best in 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 the future as well, uh, and not just uh, not not just right now. I mean. They, they know how to get things done. I mean, they're still going to have more resources uh, than anyone else. I mean, they're, they're going to have to watch in ways that, uh, that they spend. I mean, but the thing is, even in, uh, in, a, in a salary or a cost um, cap world, I still think that, uh, that the advantage is going to be uh, with teams like Ferrari, Mercedes, rather than teams like, uh, uh, like Racing Point and, and Haas. And I think that's just the nature of uh, what it is. Um, anyways, uh, the FAA they uh, hope that uh, that, uh, that that the Formula One teams themselves will help police the, the loopholes in the 2021 rules, and uh, they will. Of course, these rules are going to come in just over a year's time, and that's going to include a significant uh, overhaul to the cars. Uh, they're going to cut back on the complexity of the wings, eliminate the barge boards, and um, and they're going to do what they call revive an emphasis on ground effect uh, dynamics. So during the rulemaking process, some of the people in charge of uh, uh, establishing the best way to stop the teams from uh, manipulating uh, the wake performance uh, started uh, looking at the uh, regulations from uh, the point of t- team aerodynamics and uh, the, the purpose was uh, to try and break the rules uh, as it were and uh, try and find different loopholes in and around uh, what they were trying to do so I mean that I think that's a smart way to do it I mean it's one thing to come down okay these are the rules uh, you know it's in black and white but you know that uh, you know as long as there's rules there I mean of course it's the job of the teams and the engineers and the designers and everyone to try and find ways to exploit those i mean not out and out cheat but i mean there are ways to push uh, the envelope and kind of play in that uh, that gray area and of course uh, we were just talking about that in a different regard with uh, you know ferrari and what they've uh, allegedly supposedly been doing uh with with their engines i mean 
in, unless it, I guess it's uh, ruled out in black and white on paper in the rule book uh, that that comes from the FIA that um, that if there's a little bit of vagueness there, then uh, teams are going to play that. So it uh, it'll be interesting to see now whether or not they can uh, get teams to sort of uh, come to their aid and kind of maybe uh, police and self govern these uh, rules and any uh, loopholes. I don't know. This seems like a little bit of a stretch, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I guess it really comes down to who really um, who, who really wants it to be a fair fight. Who who really wants to have a, a more um, you know uh, equal more more parity in Formula One? Have it more, uh, I guess, unpredictable. So I don't know. It uh, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but who knows? Maybe their their greater sense of uh, sportsmanship uh, will will play out. Anyways, uh, Honda said that they wanted uh, what they call a clean and fair battle in the uh, the engine wars, and uh, he says, uh, and this is uh, coming from Honda's F1 technical director Toyoharu Tanabe, who says he only wants a fair battle with his rival uh, manufacturers, uh, and this is in the wake of the uh, the suspicions over uh, the legality of uh, Ferrari's engine design. And uh, Tanabe had uh, had to say uh, to Motorsport.com, there's some ways to improve performance of the engine and the chassis using gray areas or tech techniques, fuel, oil burning, something like that. We are very keen to have a fair race under FAA Formula One regulations. Respecting the regulation, that's our desire. To have a clean, fair race, we need FIA policing. And of course, I think that that's been seen What with that... Uh, um, that uh, mandate uh, that they put out earlier this week to get all the uh, the engine data from the different teams so that they have some sort of benchmark to see what's uh, what's going on. Also, um just uh, talking about uh, the, the the 2021 rules uh, and about the the targets for downforce and dirty air are they achievable uh, that is uh, really uh, going to be uh, I think that's a big question. I mean, the, the, the thing is that uh, part of the problem is that the disturbance of the air awake in the current cars does make it uh, difficult for the following car to, to, to get close. And of course, if you can't get close, it doesn't uh, make it as easy to, to, to pass someone. And that's why you have specialists in lake breaking like uh, like Danny Ricardo, and sometimes uh, people uh, doing extreme things to, to try and get in front uh, of the car in front of them. Um it remains to be seen. Uh, I, I think that the uh, that the, uh, the 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 regulations that uh, that Formula One has uh, right now that came in uh, last year, I think that is an interim kind of thing. I think that they've worked to a to a certain extent. Um, I mean, it hasn't been uh, you know wheel to wheel and and cars passing each other each and every uh, race, but I mean, it's it certainly has had its moments. Um, and I think we have to take out some of the uh, the outlier races, like uh, like the German Grand Prix this year, because I mean, when when, when it gets wet, I mean anything can happen. But you know, the the one thing that um, that that I'm not really a big fan of is uh, is the DRS and the almost the artificial uh, overtaking. I mean, it just it helps um, you know by by giving the the, the car following uh, an opportunity to to get closer and pass. Uh, what with uh, having the the the, the wings open uh, when you're within the one. A second to um, you know to to activate the DRS, so I, I don't know. It it it's it's really hard to say. I mean, it's one thing to simulate and, and model all these things in a computer, and uh, it could be something could be completely uh, different uh, when it comes onto the track uh, in just over a year from now. Anyways, uh, Pirelli has revealed a new uh, approach to deliver uh, better Formula One tires, and uh, well, they've had some uh, ideas of uh, what they want to do for 2020, and that hasn't been really uh, met with a lot of positive uh, reviews from uh, from the from the drivers. Uh, and they said that they they have um, 
uh, an agreement with uh, FIA, the FAA uh, with a series of targets related to the performance of their tire products. And this has included uh, aspects uh, relating to their behavior, lap time deltas, and number of uh, pit stops. Um, so one of the, the limiting factors uh, that hurt the, the, the race is the, the, the way that uh, tires behave when they're following uh, you know other cars quite closely. And uh, so Pirelli has uh, looked at that and it's uh, led to a rethink of how they do things because we've seen that that uh, you know you get like a couple of cars you get one guy that's obviously faster the car in front of him he pushes it a little bit and then uh, the tires tend to go off uh, you know fairly quickly and uh, that that's a, I, I don't really like that you know it, it seems kind of silly you know that uh, the, the tires in in some circumstances you know cars are coming in after 10 12 laps uh, for for their for their pit stops and in some case you know you'll have like uh, one car going with the softs or the mediums or whatever it might be and sometimes the guys on the harder compound uh, you'd expect that they're going to have uh, the, the benefit of staying out for maybe another five or ten laps or whatever it is depending on the circuit that they're at but uh, sometimes that that advantage is only lasted for for a lap or two at most and that uh, just seems uh, a little bit uh, silly so uh, Mario Sola the uh, the head of uh, racing at uh, Pirelli said that the biggest difference we as we've identified a number of targets that are a priority like working the range and reduction and overheating plus we are also defining the numbers for delta lap time and degradation so instead of having a letter with all, all the targets set on the same level of importance we want to focus on the more important ones it makes it clear for us but not making our life easier because you have a clear targets you have to achieve the char- targets but we share and agree on the targets and that is uh, important and just talking about the uh, the 2020 uh, tires so that uh, could come down to um, uh, the, like a vote by the teams after the tires are tested in uh, Abu Dhabi uh, next month so ten, if seven of the ten teams are still unhappy with the tire specs for next year Pirelli could be obliged to stick with the uh, the, the proven tires for for, for this uh, from this year for next uh, season so all the teams were given given uh, two sets of 2020 spec uh, Pirelli's uh, try at Friday uh, practice at uh, the U.S. Grand Prix. Uh, but uh, drivers were so frustrated by a lack of grip that the, the teams were starting to question and uh, ask whether Pirelli had gone in the right uh, direction. And, uh, and then they were just uh, flat out saying that it should uh, might even be better just to stick with the, the 2019 tires. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, instead. So uh, that could come down to a, a vote. But I mean, uh, the, it was a little bit cooler in Austin, if I, I remember hearing correctly. So that could have had uh, a little bit of a, an issue um, or caused a little bit of an issue of getting heat into the tires and getting the grip and all that. But, you know, being in the desert in the Middle East at uh, Abu Dhabi next month uh, should take that out of the equation. So we'll just have to uh, sit back and wait uh, for those uh, the, the, the verdict uh, to come in. Anyways, I'm just going to I'm going to there's a couple of more things I just we're just not going to get to because it's getting late here and uh, I got to be up at uh, five in the morning so i i got still got a couple hours to post processing here and i want to get to bed guys anyways i'm just going to wrap it up uh, and follow up on a story we we're talking about last week and that's uh, about the possibility of uh, having a second uh, race in the u.s in uh, miami so apparently uh, the the mayor of miami has uh, basically kept uh, the idea kept some hope going after they uh, he vetoed a, a resolution at uh, city hall and uh, so basically what uh, what he did is he vetoed this resolution that would have uh, blocked the use of public roads for the event which is uh, scheduled for may in uh, in 2021 20, uh, 
And again, this is the intended track that is uh, around uh, the Hard Rock Stadium where the uh, the Miami Dolphins play. And uh, so it, it mostly uses car parks and other land owned by uh, by the by the Miami Dolphins. But it does uh, include a section of uh, 199th Street. And uh, so they, um, you know, the, the council was trying to block that by preventing them, you know, passing this resolution, preventing them from using any uh, public roads. So uh, the, um, the, the the mayor did uh, step in uh, and, and, and decide uh, that, uh, you know, that's not good. So anyways, I, I think it's a, a good move by Mayor Jimenez. And, uh, and he said on social media, I vetoed a resolution that would impact Formula One racing as planned at Hard Rock Stadium for 2021. Earlier this week, I met with Miami Gardens residents, stadium officials, and other stakeholders who have raised concerns about the noise and potential air pollution. We will continue to work on reaching a compromise that benefits re- residents, racing fans, and our country, a county's economy. So I think that is uh, the, the the right approach uh, to take. I don't think uh, that, uh, I, mean, I mean, there has to be a, a compromise that will uh, satisfy everyone. Of course, uh, I, I spoke uh, last week or the week before uh, about the residents uh, in the area there. You can understand the, uh, the, the concerns that they're going to have, not just about uh, noise and air pollution, but just the inconvenience of having a major event uh, like that going in and around uh, their home. So there, there's a lot of different levels, uh, a lot of different layers to this one. But uh, certainly I hope that uh, they can get it uh, sorted out. But uh, with the mayor involved, uh, hopefully uh, they can uh, come to some uh, compromise and get this thing sorted out. Anyways, like I say, I'm going to wrap it up uh, right here. It is the the Brazilian Grand Prix this uh, the, this weekend. Uh, should be well. Hopefully, we're in for some good racing. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything in the, in the terms of the World Championships. What with the Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton having those wrapped up all already. I'm just hoping for a good race because if you remember last year was that uh, bizarre and stupid incident uh, between uh, Max Verstappen and Esteban Ocon when they came together when uh, Ocon. Uh, decided he wanted to unlap himself and kind of started racing uh, Max Verstappen, who was in the lead, and uh, that led to a, a, an unnecessary uh, collision in uh, in turn two, and uh, that should have been a, a race that Max was going to win. Ended up uh, uh, going to Lewis and Max uh, ending up in second. But uh, I was uh, like uh, Interlagos. Uh, you remember that really really rainy uh, one we had? It was in twenty sixteen. 2017, whatever that one was, but uh, that was just uh, brilliant watching uh, Max Verstappen just uh, carving his way through the field. It uh, was good uh, good fun to watch. Anyways, uh, thank you very much uh, for downloading and listening to the show. If you want to show us uh, some support, uh, the best thing to do is uh, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you download and listen to, to podcasts and leave a, a five-star rating and review. It really would uh, help us out and we would really appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or feedback, you can uh, send that uh, to us here at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com or you can tweet us on Twitter at ScuderiaF1Pod. And that's it. That's a wrap. Enjoy the Brazilian Grand Prix, and we'll talk to you again this time next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.